Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. These powerful words from St. Paul. After his profound and life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ, everything for him was different. And he felt this compulsion, this absolute necessity to proclaim the saving message of the good news of Jesus Christ. The woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. As disciples of Jesus Christ, each one of us has been given that same invitation, that same charge, that we too are called to go out and preach the gospel, to proclaim the saving message. And woe to us if we don't. St. Paul felt and realized the weight, the obligation. He was living for this. He knew if he didn't, he would be better off dead. So are you ready? Are you prepared to go out and preach the gospel? If you had to do it, what would you say? How would you go about doing that? What is the gospel? This is the first four books of the New Testament. So much more than that. Gospel means good news. And the early church borrowed the word from the common culture that whenever a king would come back from conquering a, a, a territory, they would come in and proclaim the good news of victory. Whenever the king or the emperor would come to visit the people, good news, the king is coming. It's that word that the early church chose to describe this reality, the new reality that encompasses the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the new life that we have within him. And St. Paul realized that he was brought to new life with his encounter with Jesus. And that what he had before was for nothing, he said. I count it all as rubbish, the life he had before his life with Jesus. So this good news of Jesus Christ, the good news really depends on the bad news. Because if there is no bad news, why do we need good news? And so what's the bad news? The bad news is what we heard Job tell, telling us in the first reading. And I hope you know the story of Job. And perhaps this week you could go back and spend some time in that wonderful story. This man who had it all. And that God allowed him to be tempted by the evil one. He lost everything. He felt abandoned. And this is where he was speaking to us today. But that's not the end of the story. You have to read the next 30 or so chapters to get the full picture. But what did he tell us today? Is not man's life on earth a drudgery? Is he no better than the slave? Don't many of us feel that same way, the drudgery of everyday life? I mean, the studies tell us there's an epidemic of loneliness in our country, that mostly the men 
But so many adults don't have any friends. No real close, true best friends. They live a life of quiet desperation, as Thoreau said. Loneliness, isolated. And then Job went on to say, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. I don't know if you are weavers, but there was a machine, and this thing went back and forth as they were making the fabrics, the textiles. It was mindless. It was numbing. It was monotonous. Today we call it doom scrolling. So many of our young people are living under the, the crucible of anxiety and depression, wondering if life is even worth living. So many of us, even though Christ has been revealed, are living in the bad news. So many of us need to hear the preaching of the gospel. So many of us need to be reminded that the light came into the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. So many of us need to be reminded that there is good news and to proclaim the gospel, to be reminded that God loves you. God created you. God is the author of creation of all things that ever was and will be. But when we think of it in those terms, it's easy to be depersonalized. We need to be reminded that God created me, that God created you. And why? The Catechism teaches us that he created you out of an act of sheer goodness. He who is complete in and of himself, needing nothing, wanting desiring to share the goodness that he is with his creation, he created you so that you could partake in the divine life. And this is the first two chapters of Genesis. As Adam and Eve are sharing that communion with their creator, walking face to face in intimate conversation until Satan interrupted that conversation and inserted doubt into their minds. Not doubt that God existed. No one can really deny that. But the doubt was, is God really good? Is his plan for your life really good? Isn't he trying to keep something from you? He's holding back something from you. Your life would be much better if you just went your own way. The same lies that we buy into today as we doubt the goodness of God and the goodness of his plan for our life. And we're just better off on our own, making our own way. Who needs all that God stuff? Those whispers of the evil one never go away. And Adam and Eve took the bait. But immediately God promised a solution. God's response to the sin problem is his son, Jesus Christ. And as St. Paul tells us in Galatians, in the fullness of time, Christ came. The Son of God was born and took on human flesh, lived like us in all things except sin. And he went about doing good and working many miracles as we've been hearing about these exorcism, casting out the evil one from the lives of these people who were entrenched with the evil. Christ set them free. Then after three years, he carried all of that weight to Calvary and died, died for you, 
But for only three days, because then he was risen. Christ rose from the dead. And then 40 days later, he ascended to the Father, where he reigns at his right hand, and he sent down his Holy Spirit so that we could share once again that divine life, the life that we lost in the garden. This is the gospel, that God loves you. And even though sin separates you, you're not separated forever because Jesus has come and opened the gates, opened the pathway to salvation for each one of you. He did that through the church. And so Simon, who we heard about in the gospel today, Christ said, you are rock. You are the foundation on which I will build my church. And the gates of hell will never prevail. You can teach, you can govern, you can sanctify my people and my name. And whatever you do on earth is bound in heaven. Go with the full authority of the gospel, with the full authority and power of my name, go. And they went, and they changed the world. And men went to their death to die for the name of Jesus Christ. And it's that name of Jesus that St. Paul said, woe to me if I do not preach. Because he knew that he had found the way out of that drudgery, of the anxiety, the depression, the doom scrolling, the loneliness, the isolation. Jesus Christ is the answer, the only answer. We've all taken the bait of what the evil one puts before us and says, just try this. It will help. And Christ says, come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come to me. And this is the invitation that the church gives. St. Paul went to his death preaching the name of Jesus because he knew that's where freedom was found. And this is what we see in the gospel. What Jesus did to Simon's mother-in-law, who was sick, lying in the bed with a fever, unable to do anything. This is a state of your soul in sin. We might have some physical functions, but we can do nothing worthwhile. We're dead in our sin. And what happened in the gospel? Christ came. And they said, hey, there's a woman in there who needs you. And he went and he touched her and he raised her up. And she returned to the fullness of life. This is what happens in the sacraments. When you were baptized, that's what happened. Christ touched you and said, come back to life. When you sin and you have to go to confession, Christ touches you. Rise back to life. You come to receive the Holy Eucharist. Christ says, here, feed on my body. I will nourish you. I will strengthen you. Here's my touch. Live the fullness of life. You were created for this. This is the life Adam and Eve had in the garden. And by faithfulness to his church, we can have it today. The world is in darkness, is in drudgery, and we have the answer so woe to us if we don't preach the gospel. What could be better news? So it's not just good news, it's great news, it's extraordinary news. That Christ loves you and he has a plan for your life. And if you would simply say yes to his invitation to radical discipleship, you will never need to fall back into sin again. That you can live in the freedom that the saints are enjoying today. You can live in that today. This is the gospel. They told Jesus today something so profound. Everyone is looking for you. You were created to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And every time and any time you go grabbing for anything else, you are looking for Jesus. Of course, he's here in the tabernacle. But if you receive him worthily, then you bring him out into the world. And you can be the light to the world that can show people where Jesus is. You can proclaim the gospel with your life and with your words. You can preach the saving message of Jesus Christ. St. Paul said, woe to me. He was doing this and did whatever it took to do it so that he may have a share in the eternal life promised through Jesus Christ. This was his motivation. This is what he was living for. What about you? St. Paul was living for the gospel. What are you living for?